Hi. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome. What up? <sighs> Nothing. What up with you? Everything. <laughs> I already All know of it. I already know the answer to this, but how's your week been? <laughs> Duh. Garbage. Mine too. It's probably been the worst week in a very, very, very long time. I'm here with you. Like this week has trumped my entire 2020. <gasps> like it's wow. Yeah, it's been garbage. Yeah. It wasn't a good week for me either. I've had lots of meltdowns, lots of ugly sobs, and I'm talking like the sobs that like make your whole fucking body hurt mm -hmm. and distort your face in ways that no human should ever see. Like those kind of sobs. Yeah. And then your head hurts for the rest of the Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's I don't know. I really appreciate our friendship though because like we both just had like a shitty like I don't know what happened if our moons collided or something. But like yeah. Guys, when I tell you I picked up Chelsea, she got in the car and I broke down. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was that was me. I was the ugly sobbing, but then I was laughing. It was bad. <laughs> it was not pretty. It wasn't, but it was everything I think we needed. Yeah. Like right when we needed it. Yeah. And we drove around and then got McDonald's and parked <laughs> parked our car and then a bunch of drug dealers showed up. <laughs> like not even kidding. They were sitting next to us fucking drinking beer and lighting up pipes in the backseat. And I was like, I'm not involved. I gotta, I gotta bounce. So then we went to just a different area of the park and then they followed us. It was like fucking 11 o'clock at night. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's how cool we are. What do you do when you're sad? Good happy meals and go to the park. Yeah. But you know what? Okay. So we went to McDonald's you know, to fill our sadness. And yes, um, I ordered a happy meal, but like I have this employee at McDonald's that I love so much. And every time you go there, he's like, so friendly. He gives you your total and you're like, thank you. And he's like, you're welcome boss. <laughs> he's literally the best person in the world. Um, lately his thing has been, instead of your welcome boss, it's, um, Sicko mode. Sicko mode? Sicko mode. Anyways, I really, really like him. Um, and he knew exactly who we were when we pulled up. And he he goes, can I ask you a question? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Then he goes, you want extra fries with that? I was like, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do, actually. Yeah. But he's he's great. And then we pulled up and got our our food. And he goes, here's your snacky meal. I have told everybody <laughs> that that's what he called it. I love him. Like the next time I go through, I'm going to order snacky meals for my kids. I know. It was the, it like, it was the best. It's what I needed that night. I needed a snacky meal. Just a little snacky meal. It's fucking so cool. Anyways. But yeah, no, this week has been hell. Yeah. Hasn't on been, hasn't, wheels. Hasn't been the best. So it's my birthday month though. I get the whole month. Okay. Fuck Christmas. It's my birthday. You know what? Speaking what? of your birthday. Well, my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um, Whoa. I, I saw a TikTok the other night. Well, I'm on plenty of TikToks. Wait, when's your birthday? February. Oh, it's my birthday. Okay, but listen. Okay. <laughs> I'm on many TikToks. I'm on Brick Talk, which is the TikTok of bricklayers. Oh. Um, I'm on Clean Talk. Interesting. People cleaning bathrooms. It's beautiful. Like they're just disgusting and then they, they're beautiful. I don't know. It's the best. So satisfying. But I'm also on Witch Talk. Me too. You're on Witch Talk? You little witchy. Ah! <laughs> yes. Anyway, so I'm on Witch Talk 
And this girl was saying how um, on December, I think it was 21st, um, the a plan, a, a planet is colliding with another planet. It's supposed to be like the biggest star in the sky, really beautiful thing. But when that happens, it's actually the year of Aqu the age of Aquarius. Ooh. And so 2021 is going to be the year of the Aquarius, which only happens every 2000 years. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Well, I was looking through the comments because they're like, what does this mean for us? <laughs> this is when the world explodes. And some people were like, no, it means like you're really going to fucking go through it that year. But then uh -uh. other but then other people were like, no, it, it means like your years can be fucking bomb, like all this stuff. And so, so does that mean like if I've already really gone through shit? this year then my year's gonna be bomb next year and the people who were like 2020 was a piece of cake they're gonna like fucking have my year i don't know hmm. wait are you an aquarius no oh nope okay i'm a sagittarius <laughs> i don't know what, what I are you i'm an aquarius oh <laughs> I, literally... <laughs> I just said that <laughs> anyways so it's the year of aquarius well, happy year. Uh, that was singing that in my head. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That's going to be the song of the year right there. Anyway, so hopefully my life gets better. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If it doesn't, I fucking quit. <laughs> um, I'm looking at our intro that I have written down here, and you told me to bring up a plant. <gasps> oh, my God. This was, like, the best thing. Davina, 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 I call you out a lot on this podcast, and you told me that yesterday, and it's not intentional. I just think it's... It's not bad things. I mean, mm. we could be talking shit about her. She, she's like, you always call me on. I'm like, I love you. But she tagged me in this thing. <laughs> a nerve plant. Fetonia albivinus. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I have one of those. I think I do too, but these bitches faint when they need something. <laughs> and it makes me to be watered, to be removed from the sun. When they're too cold, however, they recover quickly once their needs are met. <laughs> this person comments are like, dramatic bitch. I want one. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, fucking they're me too. When my needs aren't met, like, I am a wilty little prima donna fucking give me some water and bring me back to life and yeah if, they're so, they're very needy but at least they're like an easy needy yeah like, they're they look shit i just need a little bit of water every now and then and i'm good to go yeah like one time ours was just it looked dead and chris was like oh no he's like babe your plant's dead i was like just water it she's just a little dramatic then the next day it was like hey yeah Anyways. she's just a little dramatic yeah but davina said that to me and i was like I think maybe I need some someone to water me. <laughs> yeah. Water yourself and water your friends. Yeah, but not with water. Like, I don't need just water. I drink a lot of water. I had a lot of beer last night, which probably wasn't a good life choice. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, my head hurt really bad last night. And so Chris gave me some Tylenol, and then I was struggling doing my homework. It's finals week. Yeah. And um, um, Chris said, just have some wine or something. And I was like, do you want me to like die? I just took some Tylenol, dude. That's fine. The it's all about balance. You take your Tylenol with a frozen margarita and life's grand. Ugh. Don't do that. I mean, that's what not I would do. Mm -mm. No. Anyways. Yeah. So that's the, the plant. You're welcome, Chris. <gasps> yeah. There you go, Chris. Never complain to me again. What about Christmas tree lighting? Ooh. Um, so this was just like. I can't, I can't even. Um, so we were like all ready to go and get together. And this is how my, this is how my week went. Mm -hmm. Like I was all ready and we walked down there and we get down there and the fucking tree is already lit and we miss Santa. Like my oh, kids were so thing. hyped and I'm so excited that the chamber still did that. And it was, 
like, I don't know if there was a parade or if we missed the parade or whatever, but because of COVID and social distancing, like it just was so cool that they made sure that that still happened for our community mm-hmm. in the safest, most responsible way possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I fucking suck. And I, we got down there and it was like, I don't even remember what time it was, but it was like 446. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to happen at like 430 or 445. I think it was 445. But it was like 446. And that bitch was already lit up. Like you wouldn't believe Santa's lit up sleigh had already pieced. Yeah. My kids were devastated. I was like, yeah, I suck. Sorry, guys. Man, that is kind of sad. Yeah. You're welcome. You told me to ask you to bring it up like it was something good. And then you just hurt my feelings. Sorry. Um, I told you my week was not good. So I don't know <laughs> what the fuck you were expecting. So we reached out on our social medias. All of them are at Mental Health Sucks. Sucks is S-U-C-C-S. Um, for questions, um, we got one on Instagram and it says, what would be your 12 hour crime spree during the purge? <laughs> I don't know. Like part of me is nervous to answer because what if people are like, Jesus, Chelsea, <laughs> like, something fucking wrong with you. Like my mind goes real dark. I know. I'm like, I keep a list of enemies, but I don't really want to admit that. <laughs> it's too late now. Well, we don't edit. This, Every, so. Everyone listening is like subconsciously like, oh shit. What have like, I, what have I done to Emily? <laughs> going back like, <laughs> oh no, am I on her list? Dude, part of me would like break into the police station. Not for reasons you think, but I want to go through all their unsolved <gasps> case Ooh. files. Because that's not public information. There are a few cases. But that, it is during the purge, bitches. There are a few cases in Shattered where I'm a little like, hmm, I want to see that file. Yeah, that, I mm-hmm. might do that. I also might kill child molesters for funsies, but. I'm here for it. You know. Um, <laughs> I brought up earlier that I would probably break into Runza and steal their ranch <laughs> recipe. Or, so, like, cute and innocent. Like, people are like, I'm going to fuck kill everybody. And you're like, the ranch. <laughs> I just want the ranch. So but, cute. like, I would go to, like, all my friends. Like, obviously, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of, like, McDonald's ranch and shit. But, like, Runza Country Kitchen. Like, little mom and pop ones because they make the best ranch. Just take all the ranch. Well, there's that. I don't know if there's anything else I'd really do. I really just want to read the unsolved files. I would love to do that. Not just in Shadron. I want to go to like the bigger places. Like I've got fucking 12 hours. My ass is driving to Denver and I'm going to go through like the FBI center in Denver. All Mm -hmm. there close. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. That's a really good one. Mm -hmm. Traveling during a purge might be dangerous though. Yeah. I'm like, I might just steal the ranch and then run back home and just lock Lock myself up and then drink the ranch. (laughs) Because I'm so stressed out, I'm going to just... I'm, like, in my cellar, like, sipping ranch out of a straw. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Anyways, um, so some other questions. One says, who are your... Who are some serial killers that interest you the most and why? Mm. Actually, I sent you a link today. Samuel Little. Yes. Yes. That is a good one. What was the article? The article is really. Did you read it? Um, I I started to read it, but you saw how wacko my kids were. Yeah. When you got here, so like I started to read it, and I just couldn't like get it. But he killed something like ninety three women. Ninety three women, and he got a, like basically he got away with it for a long time. Yeah. So there's an article, a recent article from the Washington Post. If anyone's interested in looking it up, it's titled "How America's Deadliest Serial Killer Went Undetected for Decades," which is so wild to me. I have like a list of serial. Um, Edmund Kemper, Kemper, Kemper is one of my faves, mm-hmm. the co-ed killer. Like he's one of my faves, and 
for more reasons than one, but he just was like, he almost seemed so innocent, mm -hmm. but he knew exactly what the fuck he was doing. Oh yeah. Um, obviously Ted Bundy, he's one that I'm super passionate about. Remind me when we're done talking about this, I have to tell you in the pod about something that Karen and Georgia said last night. Okay. So the next question says, wait, you didn't answer it. Yeah, I did. No, Samuel Little. Oh, I didn't realize that was your answer. Okay. <laughs> um, what is society's fascination with killers like these? Why do you think people are so into true crime? I think a lot of it is like, it's kind of one of those things that we don't understand. So we're intrigued by it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm intrigued by it because I like behavior. Like I just, I love the human brain and behavior and why people behave the way they do. So it's so interesting to me that like what has happened to you or what's happened within your brain that's made you feel like killing someone is an appropriate answer to your life's mm -hmm. troubles. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's just that like, we don't necessarily understand it. So it's fascinating. It's like an insight into somebody's mind. Yeah. I think that's a good answer. Um, I think a lot of people, I don't know. I'm trying to think like why I love true crime and serial killers so much. And it's that, but I'm also like just kind of like dark, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and never mind. Okay. I was going to say maybe like I secretly want to murder a bunch of people. So I'm just you living vicariously that. through it. <laughs> I'm okay. just kidding. I'm totally Jesus. kidding. <laughs> our FBI agents are listening <laughs> through our phones right now. Like, <sighs> Jesus. Um, They're like going to start tapping all my shit now. <laughs> so Karen and Georgia did their first um, live stream mini-sode. Yeah. Last if you don't night. listen to My Favorite Murder, that's another podcast that Em and I are super passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. My fave. Um, it was my top podcast on Spotify. Mine too. I'm not even surprised. I was, we were number two. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. It was My Favorite Murder and then us. Yeah. Uh, okay. Bless sorry. You, Spotify. Um, so... They did this live mini-sode for the very first time last night and said some <laughs> Van Gold. Um, I was able to watch live and I was like tweeting them to see if any of them would like look down at their phones and I'd be like, oh, that was me. <laughs> did they? No. Oh. Um, anyways, <laughs> they were reading someone's hometown and oh my God, I was shook. Okay. So this girl um, was talking about her dad. Her dad was 50 when she was born. So she was like, my dad and his buddy from Nam. And then she was like, no, literally, my dad was really old. Died when I was 17. <laughs> like, old, old, old. So um, my dad and his friend were driving around and they were doing questionable things, like drinking, doing drugs, whatever, driving around. And so the cops took them in and they were sitting in jail cells. And then the cops came back and they said, we'll give you $50 and we'll let you go if you stand in this lineup. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh, hell yeah, I'll stand in this line, which is like, it sounds like a good idea at first because you're like, oh, hell yeah, I didn't do anything. I'll go. But like, what if the person picks you? Yeah, like, what if they're like that one? And you're like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so they were like, oh, yeah, let's go. So um, it was there were three people at the end. One was the dad. One was someone else. And then so someone was standing in between the, the dad and his friend. And that was that basically. And then years later, she's going through her dad's stuff and finds this book that he had written, but had never published. Mm -hmm. And so she's reading through it and she sees this picture and she had no idea that like he was ever like in a lineup or anything like that. So she was like, what in the fuck? And she was looking at all the people in there. I have goosies. 
I'm so excited. The right person, now. she was looking at the people and she was like, wait, this looks familiar. The person standing in between dad and no. oh. <laughs> the person standing in between dad and dad's friend was Ted fucking no, Bundy. I love it. <laughs> ah! And oh my god, she, she was like, "Why the fuck did you tell me about that?" But like, she was young, like she was like right. eight, I think, when she found the book. And so dad had to explain like Ted Bundy and like all this stuff to her when she was eight, and he said that. His cologne smelled nice. Well, no shit. How do you think he lured all those women into his fucking broken down but, van? I know, but he was like, like he said that was like the most prominent thing. Like he was staying next to this guy and he's like, man, he smells good. And it was Ted fucking Bundy. Do oh you my know? God. Okay. So do you know what made my entire life? What? When Zac Efron played Ted Bundy. Oh my God. That, that, it was so good. Absolutely. So good. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Okay. Let me see if I can find this picture. Um, well, what's on our? What else is on our intro so that we're not just sitting here in weird silence? Um, that's it. But you can kind of talk about um, what we're going into today. Today, I think it's it's a, a good episode for us to go into. Um, we're going to talk about autism spectrum disorders today. Here's the photo. Oh my fucking god, Ted Bundy, and then there one of these. He kind of looks like he needs to shit. Like he looks so constipated. He does though. Is that dad? One of these two is dad, and then the other is the friend. I don't know which is which. Well, see, the one I'm assuming it's this one. He looks like he's like, well, you fucking smell good. Yeah, and he but looks, old Bundy looks like he's about to poop his pants. Isn't that crazy though? <laughs> so I'm gonna awesome. I'll, I'll save this picture and put it on the pod. Just know, um, you'll see Ted, and then you'll see two people on each side of him, and those are the people that we were talking about. Good old but, Teddy. Anyway. <laughs> that's so fucking nuts. Oh my god. Anyway, so yeah, today we're talking about on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, there's a lot there, you know, there is a lot. And I, as I was like doing, we did our research together today, mm -hmm. together, but separate because yeah. we still wanted to surprise each other. Yeah. But as I was doing this, I was like, shit, dude, like we're not going to be able to cover in detail all this stuff. Yeah. But that's fine. Yeah. So let's, you start though, because I think the history is a good place to start. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to dive into the name on the spectrum because it's like, where did that come from? So it's called on the spectrum disorder because people with it have a range of symptoms. Like, and you will find out later too, that there's so many different things that go into this disorder mm -hmm. where it has to be like a range like that. So that's like what the spectrum is. Cause it's such a wide spectrum. Right. Um, people with it might have problems like, um, talking with others might not look you in the eye, all that good stuff. Um, I was doing a little bit more research into the name though. And I found like a blog post from Mike.com, like not like the name, but like the Mike. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Anyways. Um, and this person was talking about how the term on the spectrum can be derogatory which I thought was really interesting. interesting. So by using the slang term on the spectrum or autistic to describe people who have um, problems socializing or communicating or empathizing with other people, it's insulting to people who actually fit the diagnosis. So like someone could not have this disorder, but still kind of, you know, show the signs of it. Uh -huh. And if you say that to them, it's insulting to the people sure. who actually do have it. Yeah. 
Um, Almost like invalidating. Yeah. And it's invalidating their experience. Exactly. And it kind of spreads like some myths or stereotypes about autism in general. Um, So using on the spectrum to refer to certain kinds of unsettling behavior hurts people who actually have the diagnosis in the same way. Um, Say using acting black to refer to a loud person or whatever um, hurts black people. So I'm, I'm reading this from this blog post and it says there's a guy named Dr. Jeffrey do Deuch. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Deutsch. (laughs) (laughs) He has Asperger's. Jesus Christ. (laughs) He has Asperger's syndrome. And that is a quote from him using, using on the spectrum to refer to certain kinds of people hurts. So that's from him. Yeah. Deutsch. Deutsch. I only so. know that because I had neighbors growing up and their last name was Deutsch. And that's exactly how it was spelled. <laughs> Deutsch. <laughs> Almost sounds like you were saying douche. I know. <laughs> Dr. Jeffrey Douche. Dahmer. Dahmer. No. I hate myself. <laughs> Okay, so let's. That's gonna become your catchphrase because you say it almost every podcast. Dahmer? No. <laughs> I hate myself. That's my life. <laughs> oh my god! I said this is kind of off topic. Um, I was typing a note yesterday at work, and instead of clicking file to create a new encounter, I clicked log out, <laughs> and I was like, I fucking hate myself. <laughs> and Shiloh was in there with me, and she was laughing, and then someone else walked by and they're like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> and I was like, we're just, it's time to go home. Everybody just close it down. We're all clocking out. The building yeah. is on fire now. Yeah. And we're outie. Yeah. You, I was listening to our episode from last week and you did something and you're like, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's go into the different types. Y'all. Yeah. Okay. This was mine, right? Mm-hmm. So this was hard for me because I don't necessarily think that they're like, yes, there's a, a range of a range of symptoms that you can have, which kind of places your level of severity with autism. The different types, quote unquote, that I found um, is autistic disorder, Asperger syndrome, pervasive development disorder, and childhood disintegrative disorder. However, in the DSM, and I should probably have looked before I say this out loud, Um, But I'm going to anyway and probably eat my feet later. But I'm fairly sure that the DSM doesn't recognize all of those as different diagnoses. Okay. So what I found was they just kind of lump them together or what? Yeah. Under autism spectrum disorder. And then there's three levels of autism. Um, And so I'm going to bring out my DSM. Okay. Well, you're bringing out your DSM. Can I say something? No. Okay. I'm going to anyways. (laughs) Many autistic people are actually very critical of the DSM's definition. That of, doesn't surprise me. Of their diagnosis. Yeah. Um, the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network defines autism as a neurological variation characterized by a number of traits um, that, you know, have the the traits are, I, I know you're probably going to touch upon this later, but I'm going to say these anyways, different sensory experiences non-standard ways of learning and approaching, uh, problem-solving skills, uh, focused thinking, passionate interests, and atypical but sometimes repetitive movement. So people who actually have this disorder don't agree with the DSM's definition of it. Which is fair because it's kind of dickish, mm-hmm. to be really honest with you. Um, yeah. 
sorry, DSM writers. <laughs> They're like, you know, we just like made a Bible for you and <laughs> just making your life easier, but fuck us. Right. What do we know? Um, but it, <laughs> truthfully it is. Um, they're just the criteria to be diagnosed with ASD, persistent de deficits in social communication and social interaction. And then there's like a list of stuff. Um, and you can read it in the DSM if you want to, because I'm not going to fucking read this to you. Um, restricted repetitive patterns of behavior, um, severity based on social communication, blah, 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 blah. So it doesn't take into consideration the neurological side. Mm -hmm. Um but when I was looking it up, psych psychiatry.org, the American Psychiatry Association, their very definition is it's a complex developmental condition. And then mm -hmm. they go into talking about the neurological stuff. The mm -hmm. DSM is very much like the behavioral patterns, which makes sense because that's sure. what DSM is for. Mm -hmm. um, so there's three different severity levels for autism spectrum disorder. Level one is someone who requires support. So this essentially means that without supports in place, the deficits in social communication cause noticeable impairments in their daily life. So they have difficulty initiating social interactions um, and clear examples of atypical and unsuccessful responses to social overtures of others. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times they have, it appears that they have a decreased interest in social interactions. Um, so like maybe they're able to speak in full sentences and engage in communication. However, um, that to and fro conversation fails. So like they could speak in full sentences and maybe they're talking to themselves, but they can't have a, a typical conversation. Yeah. Um, and some of those restricted repetitive behaviors is like inflexible behavior, um, difficulty switching back and forth between activities, problems organizing, having a really difficult time planning, maintaining independence. And then level two is requires substantial support. And this is that there's marked deficits in verbal and nonverbal social communication. Um, and it's apparent even with supports in place, they have limited initiation into social interaction without assistance and then reduced abnorm and abnormal responses to social overtures. So some of those repetitive patterns that you see with individuals at the level two level of severity, the inflexibility of behavior, difficulty coping with change, restricted or repetitive patterns. Um, oops. <laughs> I lost my place. Um, other restricted repetitive behaviors appear frequently enough to be obvious to the casual observer and interfere with their daily functioning. And then level three is they require very substantial support. Mm -hmm. So this is like severe deficits in verbal and social and nonverbal communication. Um, so severe impairments like that. This is essentially like the person who cannot function without somebody else there to help them. They have extreme difficulty coping with change inflexibility of behavior, repeti um, repetitive behaviors marked, markedly interfere with functioning in all spheres. There's great distress, great difficulty changing focus or action. Um, so those are, that level is like the highest level of severity you can get. Okay. While I do think um, those other diagnoses, Asperger's syndrome, pervasive development, childhood disintegrative disorder are all very real. They're just not in the DSM. Okay. Or maybe they are, but I don't think they are. Did you um, have a chance to look at lack of empathy or would that be in the next section that you're going to cover? Like symptoms? You, or... you do it. Okay. Well, I know a lot of people describe um, those who have this disorder or who are diagnosed with it to lack empathy. Uh -huh. um, they're just kind of very... They're objective and it's, it's 
them in their mind and they're, you know, they're not here to make friends. They're not here to do this. They're just trying to get through life. Right. Um, I did find an article and I, th I think it's the same blog. I could be wrong, but I think it's from the same blog um, from before. From your friend, Mike? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and this kind of made me giggle. Um, <laughs> so this guy, and he has Asperger's. So yeah, it's the same. It's Mr. Deutsch. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Um, he's, he has Asperger's, but he refers to himself and other people who have it as Aspies. So don't use that. Don't, yeah, don't use that. <laughs> You're not allowed to. That's just kind of, I don't know. So this quote says, Aspies don't lack empathy. We're just as willing to say help or help or hurt any person as anybody else once we know that he or she has been hurt. If you say someone without empathy or a sociopath, which is what that is, a sociopath, right, um, is on the spectrum, then you're lumping Aspies <laughs> in with sociopaths. That's like lumping learning disabled people with lazy folk um, just because of some surface similarities. Well, and shit, that's such like, that's such a good reminder. Yeah. For all of us, because I think it's like when we think empathy, we think of empathy in a certain way because we don't have those neurological differences. Exactly. So their brain's built a little bit differently. They see the world in a different light which doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. It just is different. Yeah. And so it's important to remember that just because they don't show empathy the way we do and maybe as quickly as we do or whatever he's saying, it doesn't mean that he's a sociopath and he doesn't exactly. have the ability to feel empathy. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's a very, he's not Ted Bundy, Jesus. It's a very common <laughs> stereotype for yeah. people with this disorder, this diagnosis. Yeah. So just wanted to. Well, and I did, I did find some stuff on Asperger's syndrome. Okay. Um, when it was used, so like a lot of mental health professionals have stopped using this language. Um, when it was used, Asperger's syndrome was kind of more on the mild end of the spectrum. So they were often considered high functioning with normal to above average intelligent intelligence. So they might have like impairment in social interactions. They might have a difficult time reading facial expressions. Um, the big thing that I found for them is like, it's really hard for individuals with Asperger's to understand irony, metaphors, or like dark humor. Mm -hmm. um, awkward body language. Sometimes they might stand too close to you or like speak super loudly when you're really close to them. Um, lack of eye contact and repeating the same behaviors or activities. Some other things you might notice is clumsiness, poor handwriting, narrow range of interests, or a preoccupation with a single interest. Um, a, need, a need for routine and rigid rules, or they get easily upset when things don't go as planned. Okay. And then... This one was hard for me. Pervasive developmental disorder. When this was used, um, it was given when a developmental disorder didn't quite meet the criteria for autism, Asperger's, or Rett syndrome. Um, so it's kind of like a mild to middle part, and it's also called atypical autism. And that would have signs such as deficit in social behavior, uneven skill development, poorly developed speech and language, difficulty accepting change, and common responses to taste, sight, sound, smell, and touch, um, and unusual likes and dislikes. So those were some of the things that I found on those other diagnoses. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. I also found that it's much harder to diagnose females than males. That's what you're saying. Yeah. 
Um, so studies found that autistic girls exhibit less repetitive behavior. Girls with autism. Yes. Sorry. I copy and pasted this. I know. You're right. Okay. <laughs> girls with autism um, exhibit less repetitive behaviors than boys do. Um, and I mean, this is from a study in 2014. So something definitely could have changed. But um, a study in 2014 suggests that girls with autism frequently do have the same kinds of interests as, as the stereotypical autistic boys. Mm. But it's just harder to tell. Huh. Really interesting. Um, do you want to move on to the world of fame? Or you got some more things to go into? Do you want to do fame first or do you want me to do signs and symptoms? Go symptoms. ahead and do signs and symptoms. I'm going to roll through these really fucking quick. Okay. Um, so it's. I think it's important. important. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah, I'm that's on a, it today, that's right? A good one, right? If that's that's what my weeks looked like. Very very important. <laughs> no day. No day. <laughs> okay. um, it is important, guys, to and girls and men and women and those who do not identify and all the unidentified. Yeah, shut y'all. up, Chelsea. How about just <laughs> y'all? It is important to remember that this doesn't present the same way in every person. Like all other mental illnesses, autism presents differently for each person. It's a unique experience to the person experiencing it. So I'm going to run through these really quickly because there's a fucking lot of them. Um, the signs also look different depending on age. So like I read one article um, of an individual and she wasn't diagnosed with autism until she was like 34. Holy shit. Because they just missed all these signs because she was pretty high functioning. She didn't yeah. have a lot of deficits. Um but it was enough to where it was impairing the way that she was functioning. It was in, impacting her job. It was impacting her social skills. Like she had a really hard time making friends. Um, and so it looks different based on the age. So for younger children, a child who doesn't respond to their name when they developmentally should be able to. And that's excluding any like neglect or anything like that to where like if your child's never talked to or they never hear their name, they're not going to know it. This is like someone who hasn't experienced that neglect. Or they developmentally should know how to respond to their name. Avoiding eye contact or they have no awareness when others are speaking. Not understanding sharing or taking turns. Again, as developmentally appropriate. Dislike of physical contact unless they're the person who initiates it. Not looking at objects shown to them. Not pointing or responding to pointing. No facial expressions or unusual facial expressions. Repetition of words or phrases. Stimming. And stimming is that like repetitive movements. So I have a cousin who has autism. And stimming is something that he deals with a lot. And it's okay. just these repetitive movements where he'll like clap his hands a lot or he'll shake his hands. Um, and that, again, can be different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Difficulty expressing needs, inability to play pretend games, or they might prefer solo play. Difficulty adapting to change. Um, if there's anything that's outside of their routine, there's like a huge emotional meltdown. Um, hypersensitivity to sights, smells, touch, sounds, taste need to organize or they have rigid behaviors. Um, I can't read my own handwriting. Loss of previously learned skills. They, you might also notice in people difficulty reading body language, facial expressions, or other social cues, not understanding sarcasm, teasing or figures of speech, speaking a monotone and difficulty forming relationships. And then the American Psychiatry Association said that the characteristics of autism spectrum disorder fall into two categories, social interaction and communication problems and restrictive and repetitive behaviors. Mm -hmm. So the social interaction, I mean, that's, 
that's the one you normally hear about like oh they have a hard time sharing emotions communication is stressed um difficulty understanding social cues you hear those a lot when you hear someone say like oh they have autism oh they have difficulty with social stuff yeah the restricted behaviors though there's hand flapping toe walking playing with toys in an uncommon way like lining up the cars oh, okay or flipping objects um speaking in a unique way using odd patterns or pitches um Uh, some of these are re repetitions, so I don't want to read them again. Yeah. Experiencing the sensory world in an <clears throat> unusual or extreme way. So they have, they might have like an indifference to pain or temperature, or then they have an extreme reaction to changes in temperature. Okay. Things like that. Um, fascination with lights and movements. So those are just some things you might see and that they're separated into those two separate categories. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, Talking about the world of fame and TV and whatever, um, there's actually a lot of celebrities who are diagnosed with this. Um, some are rumored, but that was because it was like a million years ago. <laughs> well, and I'm sorry. Can we just talk about how Emily Jerry looked at me? It was like two thirds of these people have fucking self-diagnosed themselves. Jerry Seinfeld has self-diagnosed himself with autism, which, okay. you know, he might be educated to do so, but also it's kind of fucking horrible and it's yeah. offensive and fuck you Jerry Seinfeld for doing that. I'm like, sorry. Just because you're famous doesn't mean you be like, I think I have like, no, there's a process. In there, you. there are real people who have it and you're just taking a shit on them. Well, and there's a real way to get to have that diagnosed. Yeah. If you feel like you're struggling with that, go fucking talk to somebody who can diagnose you. Yeah. Like, don't just be like, I have this. Yeah. So I tried to leave out the self-diagnosed <laughs> people. Um, do you but, know what I have, Emily? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was like, don't say something offensive, please. <laughs> I don't want to edit this. <laughs> like, don't edit this. Um, so there are some people on here who were in the rumored category, but they're like from like, they're like our founding fathers. So <laughs> there's no edit. I know some now. Um, Ooh, I bet there is though. I bet there is too. I'm not going to do it, but I bet there is. <laughs> um, among these people, Tim Burton. I love him. I love him too. I'm sorry. But like Albert Einstein. Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Susan Boyle, Thomas Edison, Charles Darwin. Are we seeing a pattern here? <laughs> They're all very, very, very intelligent and like world changers. So that just goes to show that mental illness is not a, shouldn't be a scary taboo thing. Well, and having a mental illness, and I hate that word. I do too. I hate it. But, you know, having a behavioral disorder or mental health diagnosis, it's not a fucking limitation. It doesn't stop like, These people are fucking rock stars. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, there are a couple shows that I am absolutely obsessed with um, on Netflix that, yeah. and I try and stay away from like, like I said, offensive. <laughs> like, but yeah. <clears throat> these, one of them is like kind of a reality show, but the other one is a, a series and it's called Atypical. Um, the main character um, has autism and they portrayed him beautifully. It's, oh my God. If I, it's such a good show. Um, he has, I mean, if you go back and you look at all of the symptoms and signs that you had on there, I mean, they did it so, so well. He, this actor is just amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's such a good show. And it brings a lot of awareness around um, the topic of that diagnosis. But a lot of other like social issues. Like, I don't know. It's a, it's a wonderful show. And then the other one is the reality show. 
Oh my God. I love it. It's called love on the spectrum. And as we look at the diagnoses and stuff, it's hard for people with this diagnosis to um, form stable relationships. Right. Right. It's, it's really hard to get there. And so the show is centered around people who have this diagnosis trying to find love. That's, uh, it's, oh my God. It's so, so good. The people on here and like, it's, it's really interesting because all of them are so different on the spectrum. Like you said, right. some of them are very high functioning. Some of them are not. Yeah. Um, but you see all these different kinds of people and it, not one person is impacted the same. Right. Like they are all so, so, so different. And it's just like them finding people who have a similar diagnosis and falling in love with them. I love that. It's like peer support, but on reality TV. Oh my gosh. And like, I don't know. They're just all the sweetest people. Like I now I want to go home and rewatch the whole series. There's only five episodes. Well, what's it? What do you watch it on? It's Netflix. So okay. Atypical is on Netflix. And so is um, Love on the Spectrum. Well, you know, I'm kind of like a Grey's Anatomy freak and I mm -hmm. really love my Grey's and I'm pretty sure I'm a surgeon. Oh, because okay, I've good. watched enough. That's good to know. Now yeah. I know that I don't have to pay $8,000 to the hospital if I'm throwing up blood. Mm -mm. No, nope. <laughs> I can probably intubate and <laughs> all sorts of just stuff. fix me. But there's an episode or a couple episodes <clears throat> where they have like a world-class doctor. And I can't remember what her specialty is. Not doctor, surgeon. Um, but they portray her with autism spectrum disorder. And it's, oh my God. This reminds me of The Good Doctor. I haven't seen that, but I want to. So the good doctor is, um, I cannot think of his fucking name for the life of me, but it's the kid who plays Norman Bates. I was going to say he's on Bates Motel. Yeah. Which if you haven't seen that, fucking go watch it. <laughs> so he plays Norman Bates, but he's autistic and um, he has autism. He has autism and I'm gonna... he is a doctor and it's, I don't know, it's such and a it's show. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to move on to stats really quickly and then it, we're probably hitting right around our time. So um, negative. Okay. You're probably right. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Okay. So in 2020, the CDC reported that approximately one in 54 children in the U.S. are diagnosed with autism. Um, boys are four times more likely to be diagnosed than girls. Do you think that's like just because of their pattern of behavior? Like how like females, young females tend to be more intrinsic. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I'm sure that's Can you better why. express what I'm trying to explain? Because, like, in my head, it's making sense, but I can't seem to, like, spit it out of my fucking mouth. Like, boys' behaviors, like, they're just more outwardly. Like, they, yes, they present those behaviors. What the fuck am I trying to say, Emily? Well, and, well, and we talked about this earlier. The same thing is for ADHD. Yeah. Boys get diagnosed with ADHD much sooner than girls for that same reason. Yeah. Just because, and... I hate this saying. I hate it, hate it, hate it because it's so stupid. But it, it takes me to the saying, boys will be boys. I know. Yeah. But, I mean, if you think about it, yes. Yeah. And girls are just a little bit more, I'm going to keep to myself and I'm going to do my own thing over here. And thus, they're like my niece or Avery. And Hell on um, fucking wheels. they're going to either be a serial killer or the next president of the United States. You just don't know which. Uh, Avery, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, might be a serial killer. Like, did you fucking hear her at the table? Like, what? She didn't even turn around or like fucking look at anybody. I know. She's funny. Anyways, so I think that's what you're trying to say. thank you. Yep. Um, minority groups. This is a I wasn't expecting this, but the CDC says that minority groups diagnosed with autism um are diagnosed much later and much less often. Access to care though. Exactly. Um the diagnosis of the diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder is highest in non-Hispanic white children. 
That sounds about right. Um, autism statistics are the lowest among Hispanic children, and autism prevalence rates in eight-year-olds increased by 10% between 2014-2016 and then increased by 175% yeah. after. So, which in my, like, against my better judgment, I'm going to say this out loud anyway. I said that a lot today. Part of that, I feel, is access to resources. Yes. Minority groups, they don't have the access to resources that we do. And also like they tend to, to live in impoverished neighborhoods to where yeah. they don't have the school system to have some of this testing done. Like we have such an incredible school system yes. here where they do autism testing in school. Yeah. If you're growing up in a family to where your family cannot afford mm -hmm. to live in a neighborhood where you can get into a school system like that and you don't have access to those resources, you're going to get diagnosed much later, if at all. Yeah, if at all, exactly. Yeah. So, um, this last section of stats has to do with coexisting mental illnesses. Um, so more than half, so exactly 53%, have autism and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. Mm -hmm. um, more than half, 51%, have autism and anxiety. A quarter, 25% have autism and depression. And then at least 60% of children with autism have two comorbid conditions. So for example, sleeping problems, seizures, intellectual disabilities, or gastrointestinal problems even. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've got. Yeah. Well, so I looked a little bit at treatment and the hard part is, is there's no set treatment mm -hmm. for this. Um, there's a plethora of different things you can do. The first thing is like, if they have a co-occurring co diagnosis, specifically like a psychiatric diagnosis, you can treat the mental health side with medications, but there's no medication that has been proven or has been effective to treat autism. That just, it doesn't exist in the research right now. But what a lot of people do, they'll do skill building, life skills training. Mm -hmm. So you work with them and you like, you teach them those skills in the areas where they have those deficits. Applied behavior analysis is another one. What I think is so incredible is a lot of what happens is early intervention. So people will do like early intervention with kids as young as three and start doing that skill building and those behavioral techniques. And there's training and education and support for families and parents. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. <clears throat> um, so there's no set treatment, but there are options out there for skill building and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I do want to talk about um, Dr. Temple. Grandin. Grandin. Yes. She is. Oh my God. Like outstanding yes i first i'm thinking about, i'm thinking of that video of lady gaga that's like beautiful outstanding genius <laughs> that's yes. yeah it's yeah it's her so temple grandin she <clears throat> is like one of the front runners in um autism awareness yep. she's a huge spoke spokesperson for autism awareness and one of the very first books that i have ever heard about when i was like wanting more information on autism it's called the autistic brain thinking across the spectrum and she wrote this book She's one of the first people who's like this front runner in, in the field who openly said, like, I have a diagnosis of autism. Did you know that she came to Shadron? I think I did. She came to Shadron and um, spoke at like a conference or something. She's she's fantastic. Um, she's actually a professor of agriculture, I believe, at um, Colorado State University. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so she she's fantastic. And I just if you don't know anything about her look into her. She's a spokesperson for humane treatment of life, livestock who's being slaughtered, um, animal, animal behavior, and a spokesperson for autism. And a lot of her stuff, it really like gets you inside the brain of someone who struggles with autism so you can see how they see the world. Yeah. Perfect. So look her up because she's cool. 
Um, is she one of our quotes today? She is. Okay. I actually have two quotes. And it's funny that you said Einstein. Because when I was looking for quotes, he's the first one that popped up. Um, and literally what I typed into my Pinterest, because I didn't Google it, I Pinterested it, uh -huh. um, was quotes from people with autism. Because okay. I want it like straight from someone who struggles. And so mm -hmm. Einstein's quote is, everyone is a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so the other one I did, it's by um, it's something from Dr. Temple Grandin. And she said... The most interesting people you'll find are ones that don't fit into your average cardboard box. They'll make what they need. They'll make their own box. Beautiful. Which I fucking loved because it, it really just goes to show that it's like just because somebody sees the world in a different way you see the world doesn't make it wrong. Mm -hmm. It just means it's unique. Yes. And I fucking love that. It makes me so happy. So that's. That's it. That's our epi today. I liked it. You said you were going to call me out and you didn't. It was it was the DSM thing. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Where I was like, the DSM isn't appreciated. <laughs> Basically. See, but you already knew that. So it's okay. You made it sound like you're going to like rip me a new asshole. And I was so nervous. And you didn't even be like, I'm coming at you. So no. that I was prepped. Mm, no. Huh. That's not. Nope. Well. I don't know. Color me wrong. Color you wrong. You're the wrong. You're purple. Wrong. <laughs> I'm purple. What? <laughs> That's my cue. And we're out. Yep. Water yourself and water your friends. Have a good week. Don't make it suck. Have a better week than last week. I'll certainly try. Me too. Okay, bye. Bye.